Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Kia Hyundai, best in new inventory. Great pre owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors guarantee and a fabulous service department to back it all up. It's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Time now for our play-by-play call of the day. The Padres, for the most part this year, have not really been competitive against the Dodgers, but when they needed to last night, former Dodgers stepped up and made a big play. One and one to Jake. Here's the pitch, and that's a towering drive deep down the right field line. This one's way back. It's going to go. A long home run to right field for Jake Cronenworth. And the Padres add on. It is to 5-3, San Diego in the eighth. That ball almost got into the second deck. A big boy shot for Jake Cronenworth. Uh, Jake Cronenworth, the last at-bat. That was announced by Vin Scully was Jake Cronenworth when he was with the Dodgers, and he homered. How about that? Hmm. Uh, so, uh, but now he's a Padre, and that series is tied at a game apiece in a best of five going to Petco for games three and four. All right, let's go out to our good friend Jerry Dulac. My friend, welcome. Great to have you with us on this day. Well, Steve, did uh, team, do cities have playoff baseball? Is that such a thing? It is something that in as October progresses, there's a limited group of teams, Jerry, that are allowed to play. Well, and I, I appreciate you telling me because, yeah, the, the baseball season here, I, I thought it all just ended in September, but I guess I'm wrong. 62 years ago today, Bill Mazarowski hit the homer in the Bottom of the ninth inning to win the World Series. Yeah, yeah. How about that's, that? That's a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, uh, maybe only second to the Immaculate Reception, the greatest sports yeah. moment in Pittsburgh history, and it might be number one uh, because yeah. it was the World Series and it was Game Seven and it was yeah. a walk off. So, you know, you probably should rank it number one. I don't know if it's been surpassed by the Immaculate Reception because that's considered the greatest play in NFL history. But either way, those are the two iconic moments. And, yeah, how about that? 62 years to the day. And we are coming up on the 50th anniversary of that play that you yeah. talk about. Yeah, All in right. fact, the, 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 the uh, Heinz History Center today had a little ceremony uh, you know, kind of a, you know, if you will, quasi-reenactment of the Immaculate Reception with Franco posing him and with, with the exact same ball from that mm. game, posing him, making that catch with that ball uh, somewhat uh, ironically today. Wow. I had a little fun out at Chartier's back in August. Jack and I were out there speaking to the Duquesne Club, and Franco was there. 
Yeah. And uh, and and Franco's putting together something on the 50th anniversary of it. So Dana Harris was the one that was videoing it. And it was fun me just sit off to the side for 20, 25 minutes and listen to Franco and Jack go back and forth about the day and the play. So that was a lot of fun. So I enjoyed that, it. That, that short tears connection had nothing to do with Ronnie Moeller, did it? Oh, well, are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. There, I mean, there are certain absolutes in life, Jerry. You and I know that. I mean, over there, even when he's not the president, he's still the king. <laughs> he, he is the man at short tears. You got that right. No doubt. All right. Uh, for the Steelers, obviously, we all know what's going on. So what did you think about just the pure move of saying Kenny Pickett going forward? What did you think about that? Well, you know, Steve, um, it surprised me that it happened when it happened. Um, and um, you don't see NFL coaches put a rookie quarterback in a game that was never played at halftime in a non-injury situation. You usually weather the storm, bite the bullet, wait till the end of the game, and then start a new week with a full week of practice with your rookie quarterback. Um, and, and he didn't do that. And I will tell you, he didn't intend to do that. He didn't expect to do that. Um, something went on in that locker room at halftime that caused him to change his mind. Um, after talking to a number of people, uh, I'm not buying that we needed a spark to uh, comment to uh, or reasoning to make that change, even though they did, and even though Kenny Pickett provided it. He flipped the scoreboard from 10 to 6 to 20 to 10. But that was also my point, is that it's a 10-6 game. And they, they are a, a, a big toe away from Deontay Johnson, catching the ball in the back of the end zone from Trubisky of it being 10-10 at halftime. There was no need to panic at that point. So, yeah, it sounds nice that they needed a spark, which they did, but they knew what they were dealing with, and they knew what their plan was, and it did not involve making that change then. But it happened, and, and you know, Kenny Pickett showed well, yeah, but he did throw three interceptions, and he did throw the one that killed him. You know, a pass that you just can't make. You know, uh, you know, coincidentally to you know our fellow Penn Stater, uh, Pat Frymouth, and um, yeah. you know, and then he he looked good the other day. I mean, he looked like he was in command of the offense. Um, he's very good at the at the kind of the the, the RPO one re quick throw. He's very accurate. He releases the ball quickly. They went up and down the field, Steve. They only had three three and outs. Now, like for Kansas City, that's cause for an investigation. But for the Steelers, right. only three three and outs in the game, <laughs> and that offense, yeah. that's not too bad. Um, but yet, the bottom line is only three points. Now, and, and the, you know, they missed two field goals, but they shouldn't have even attempted it. Went twenty four to three and thirty one to three. What's that doing for you? You know, kicking field goals against that team who's going up and down the field on you. Uh, what's a field goal? You needed to go for it on fourth down, and both decisions, in my, uh, uh, you know, in my estimation, were poor. And um, but again, I thought he he looked well, he played well, uh, but the offense continues to not produce points. And it, it, and it's more than that. It's I always feel like a rookie quarterback, even though they can be terrific, they need help around him. Absolutely. And, and Jerry, on both sides of the ball, it doesn't look like he's got enough help around him. Is that fair? 
Yeah, I, I would say that's more than fair. And, and um, you know, the, so now the question is, Mike Tomlin says after the game, well, no stone will be unturned. You, uh, you know, we have to uh, consider uh, changes, not for the sake of change, but to make ourselves better. You know, he backed off that comment a little bit on Tuesday, saying that we're not going to make a change just to make a change for the sake of change. But the reality is, Steve, uh, you know, who are they going to change to? Um, and you saw in that Buffalo game, they were already without three defensive starters. They lost four more during the game. And then, of course, they lost Pat Fryermuth with concussion. But so they're now without eight players, seven on defense. And guys who had to step in, who you might consider making changes to, what did they do in that game? <laughs> Very little. Point being, right. it's not like you have great options. And so that's just where they are. They're a team that can't afford injuries, and even if they do, I don't know how good they are. Do I think they're a one and four team? No, I do not. But you know, this isn't like it isn't like you know Ben Roethlisberger is your quarterback, or um, you know Hines Ward is your receiver, or Marquise Pouncey is your center, you know, or or you have Troy Polamalu back there, and you think, okay, one and four, they've had some injuries. You know, they're a little stale, they're a little stagnant right now, but you, you see what they have and you think they can turn this around. You know, to quote my uh, old friend Dick LeBeau, he used to yeah. always say, I've seen sicker dogs than this get well in a hurry. Well, <laughs> I'm not so sure that there's enough bite in this dog to get well enough. Um, but we shall see. And I think the other thing, too, Steve, for all the people who just don't get it and understand, that you, you cannot quantify how much they miss Ben Roethlisberger in those situations. And it was said to me by two people coming out of that locker room uh, figuratively after the game, Sunday and Monday, saying to me that, that they don't, you know, they miss seven because he could cover up, help cover up for their deficiencies. And the games they won last year, seven of the nine victories, he brought them back in the fourth quarter because yep. that's when he said, you know what? This game plan ain't working. I'm going to do what I need to do. Right now, exactly. they're just they just don't have they're not in a position to do that, and they don't have the type of people right now who can do that. I mean, you're talking about a future Hall of Famer. So well, I don't think yeah. people fully understand, you know, the impact that he did and can have, and they just don't have it. And now, is that the only reason? No, but it, believe me, it's a big part of it. Well, and they not only don't have seven, they also don't have Watt. So between the yeah, two right. of them, they don't have they don't have anybody that can turn it around. And right now, to me, Jerry, they're a fourth place team playing a second place schedule. Yeah, well, and and Steve, that's a good way of putting it. And you look at this stretch right now, and that goes back to the Kenny Pickett question: Why would you put him in 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 you know where his first game is Buffalo, and then it's going to be Tampa Bay, and then yeah. you're going on the road to Miami? And Philadelphia, at the time he made that decision, those four teams were a combined 10-2. and two. It's not exactly the cupcake portion of the schedule. And um, it's just, it was just, in, you know, and that's why I say I think that decision was made uh, hastily, emotionally, a knee-jerk reaction, which is uncommon for Mike Tomlin. But once you make that decision, Steve, there's no turning back. You can't then say, well, we're going to go back then to Mitch Trubisky because that wouldn't sit well with the fan base, first of all. Not that... Not that he wants to hear, listens to that because he says he doesn't, and I believe him. But nonetheless, you just you, you know you have to be aware of that though too, and not just the fan base. How it might sit with maybe some other people, you know, internally. Right. So, 
He's in a right. tough spot, but he created that spot. Right. See, that's what surprised me because I thought if they were going to do it, it would have been November 13th with the Saints game after the, bye after the bye week. Right. After the bye that's week. Right. I mean, that's right. See, that, see where you are. You know, see how yep. you're performing, and then you, you've have, you've gotten time to get him ready, and um, you know, then you say, well, we don't have much choice here. We need to do something, and you make the change. And um, yeah. But this is where they are right now, and, uh, you know, their problems aren't Kenny Pickett, but at this point in time, it's not like he's going to save them because it's just it's a very difficult position for him to be in. No question. No question. Have you been surprised at all by the lack of production from Harris at running back? Uh, uh, yes, and, and just from what his pedigree is. And when I say no, it's only because I see, and I've seen it, from the beginning, I see a guy who's reticent when he's going into the hole, when he sees the correct hole, uh, who pauses, who takes away the advantage he has, Steve, which is his size, yeah. speed, and strength. Yeah. So instead of seeing the hole and just and hitting it like someone stole his lunch money, he went by pausing, hesitating. He's let he's given the defense and defenders a chance to converge on him quicker. And also, I think what's happening is Najee was just trying to hit the home run too many times instead of taking that four, five, and six-yard gain. And after those four, five, and six-yard gain, boom, then you hit the 20-yarder. Then you go two, two yards, three yards, four yards, five yards, boom, another one, 15, 18 yards. Um, and, I just, and, and it looked like he was just trying to make too much happen from the get-go, missing holes, and just not hitting them when they were there, the way he needs to hit them. And you're going to see Jalen Warren, number 30, play more this week for that reason. You know, he's averaging 4.9 yards a pop because he sees that hole and he just hits it. You know, now, Najee's only been around two years. It's not like he's a five-year veteran whose body has taken a toll and you get to the point and you go, you know what, I'm just getting tired of getting pounded like that. Right. Um, and I also understand, too, Steve, that you know, opposing defensive coordinators aren't sitting there worrying about Jalen Warren when he gets in the game. They're not game planning for him, but they're game planning for Najee Harris. So I understand him touching the ball gets the defense's attention a little bit different than when Jalen Warren, an undrafted rookie, gets the ball. Nonetheless, he's been productive when he's been in there, and you're going to see him more on Sunday. You do bring up, last question I'm going to bring up because I don't want to eat up too much of your time, but we've seen a lot of coaches use analytics to go forward on fourth down, two-point conversions. And over a period of time, you and I both know, you brought up Dick LeBeau. If Dick LeBeau's running the defense, what's he doing during the course of the week? He's dialing up every fourth down play the opposition has, and they're practicing them during the course of the week. Same thing with two-point conversions, right? I think we're seeing all these defensive coordinators now. They're doing a lot of work on fourth down plays of the opposition in two-point plays, and I think we're seeing a swing the other way, and they're not converting them anymore. Yeah, Dick LeBeau not only wouldn't give a hoot about analytics, he didn't, He never even used a, a call sheet. <laughs> you know, it, it was all in his head. And, and so, and that's what, yep. you know, I mean, he just knew everything inside and out, and uh, that's what made him just uh, not only successful, but just, uh, just a beauty to be around. And, yeah, and, you know, you, John Harbaugh, of course, lives by those analytics, and even he last week, after failing the week before, you know, going on, costing it when he went on fourth down and got stopped down by the goal line. Uh, this time he kicked the field goal. So, you know, I've talked yeah. to Bill Cower about this a couple of times. And, you know, it's like I, these coaches get too caught up 
in the analytics. And, you know, coaches, good coaches have a feel for the game, the flow of the game, the temperature of the game, and their players. Beautiful. And when, when to do yeah. this and when to do that and what's being told to you with the analytics doesn't take that into account. And yet so many coaches, they, you know, they don't pay attention. Uh, you know, they don't care about that. They, they're, they're, you know, they're married to the analytics and, and they go by them. And, and I, I just think they have to be more flexible. Uh, but then, you know, once they've, it's because we've been around the game a long time and we've seen the coaches who were successful and made it work. And all of a sudden now everybody's trying to reinvent the wheel and tell you what you need to do to be successful. And we've seen it work the other way, uh, you know, so, so much a large majority of the time. Beautifully put, because again, I, I've always been the most successful people are always the ones that have a feel for their profession, you know, not just the game, but their profession. And I, I'm sensing that we're seeing more coaches in the NFL that are play callers and not like head coaches. I agree with you. I agree with you, and and I think that's because lately they've, you know, it's become, you know, they're looking at the numbers, they're looking at the odds, the percentages, the analytics. And they study that. And I'll, you know, I'll give you a small, small example. Uh, it, it, somewhat to that, but, but a little bit different in terms of getting the feel for the game. I was talking to Charlie Batch, the back, former backup quarterback. He was, the, he was in that same quarterback room with Byron Leftwich, who's now the Tampa Bay offensive coordinator, who will be here Sunday, along with Ben. And he was talking about, he says, one of the things that was so good about Byron Leftwich, he said he was a visual guy. He got the play from the sideline, and he wanted to see, he could, he could see it and he communicated it to the players. He didn't look at a risk card, you know, looking at the plays where these young quarterbacks go in the huddle, and they're not looking at their teammates. They're looking at that risk card. So there's yep. no eye-to-eye communication. There's no, hey, look, I'm, I'm coming to you, man. Get ready. There's none of that. These guys look at this risk card with the play call, and they take the feel of the play uh, out of the game and actually out of the huddle. And so there's less personal interaction and more and you know, and and it's a communication, but it's different. It's a, it's you know, it's they might as well just hand out a, a little sheet of paper to everybody, and this is what it's going to be. And so I think it's the same type of thing. It's that feel you get in the huddle. It's that feel you get on the sideline, and and risk cards and these and these analytics and everything just it takes away from that a great deal. Boy, that part I never thought about that part. Wow, I didn't either. I didn't either until. Charlie told me, he said, that was one of the things about Byron Leftwich. He said that was, that was really uh, good about him, was his communication, was his eye-to-eye with the players in the huddle. And, um, and he tries, obviously, sure, he tries to coach uh, uh, the same way. But I was with you, Steve. I never thought about it until Charlie was telling me that. Wow, that is something. Hey, ask, ask Jim, Hammer about it and see what he thinks. I, oh, no. That's something, believe me, we've got dinner coming up tomorrow. And if I'm going to see him in about an hour, I, may just bring, I just may bring it up when I see him in about an hour. Well, so. I, I want to tell you real quickly. So I go up to Friarmouth in the locker room um, yesterday. And I said, what do you think this weekend? And, of course, he's in concussion protocol. He goes, he says, I goes, eh, I don't know. I go, no, no, I don't mean about you playing. I mean about the game at Michigan. He goes, oh, we'll yeah. beat him. <laughs> yeah, oh, we'll beat him, Michael. Yeah, there he goes, oh, yeah. I, says, I hope you're right. We're going to find out starting at noon. Love his attitude. Wouldn't mind yeah. having him here. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, hey, he's a big fan. He's a big fan of Strange. He thinks he's a big-time player, big-time tight end. You want to know why? You know what, Strange? Greg McElroy asked me about this that this, this morning, and he said, what's been the biggest difference in the offense? I said, it's Strange. Yeah, it's no not kidding. Strange's ability to catch it. 
its strange mm-hmm. ability to become a better blocker for that running game. Yeah, no kidding. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, those uh, those young players are very impressive, and that quarterback can spin it. And that number eleven is going to be a stud. And yeah, no um, doubt. you know those two young running backs are pretty good. Yeah. Hey, my friend, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Great stuff as always. Always a good chat with you, Steve. As you know, anytime, man. Thank you, Jerry. Jerry Dulac, Steelers uh, Radio Network, Pittsburgh Post Gazette. We will come back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15, Elmo's Wharf, online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai, the best in new inventory. All with great warranties. Great pre-owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors guarantee, so important. And also... A great service department that backs it all up. It's at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15, Almost Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Time now to bring in the king. I swear he's there. Matt, does he know he's there? King. Hey, boys. There you go. How's life? All right. Good. How about you? Well, it's kind of tough around here right now, but, you know, we're we're safe. But, you know, the road I'm on here, little Schweier Road. Yeah. Yeah, right at the end of it, there was a three-car crash. No. Uh, uh, yeah, a guy died. And then Oof. a half mile down the road, you know, where the gas station is, on Rye Street, the corner of Rye yeah. Street. Mm-hmm. Yep. A motorcycle hit a tractor trailer there last Ooh. week. He died. And then oh. we got uh, ESPN down there today. Yep. You heard about the three cops? No. Oh, they got ambushed. In Bristol, Dumb. right? Oh, yeah. I In saw Bristol. that this morning. Yeah, yes. about a quarter mile from yeah. uh, ESPN. They oh. were called to a domestic dispute, and the guy come out the door and just shot the three cops. Killed oh. two of them. Yeah. Oh, awful. Just absolutely awful. So, so you count your blessings, you know. Yeah. Things change in a second. So, mm. but, yeah. Bizarre here. I come out and they're doing CPR. I didn't. I heard the crash, but there's a lot of industrial buildings around here with big bangs and booms all right. the time. You know. Right. Uh, I didn't. I come out and everybody's in the parking lot and they're doing CPR on the guy. I'm like, oh my god! And he, he had a medical emergency, so he was weaving down the road and he hit no. the car's head on. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, god. but okay. On to happier things. Yes, I have wonderful news. Absolutely huh? wonderful news. The best news, I won the football pool this past week. 145 <laughs> bucks, boys. There you <laughs> go. Well <laughs> done. Number All one right. out of 29. And Perfect. I'm counting on Kansas City, right? And I'm, I tell my wife, I said, this is, I need Kansas City to win. Kansas City wins. We win. I'm laying there. 
at 17 to nothing. You know, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. The Raiders are beating the crap out of them. I said, oh, my God, I'm like kryptonite, you know. And so I shut it off, and I went and watched Golden Girls. So I kept looking at my phone. I said, oh, it's 17 to 7. It's 17 to 10, you know. And then I fell asleep, and I woke up, and I covered the phone. I'd see 29 Raiders. I go, ah, and I slide my finger over. 30. <laughs> I won. Yeah. So. Bingo! <laughs> yeah, well, yeah let's, uh, let's score a touchdown and go for two. Uh, what? Some of the decisions this year are just bizarre, you know? But see, I asked the question on the show on Monday. Which games are being won because of analytics? Yes, they were talking about that, yeah. I mean, which games are being won? I didn't say which games are being lost. Which ones are being won? I'm struggling to find them right now. No, senor! No, senor! No, senor! No, they were talking about that on uh, uh, ESPN, one of their, you know, uh, circle chats. They were saying, you know, these coaches are making bizarre decisions. I mean, you, on the road, you play for the tie. You know, let's, if Patrick Mahomes, what's the difference? If he's up by one or the game's tied, at least it's tied, you know. It's oh. bizarre. Like well, you're going to hold them back. You haven't held them back the whole half. Well, I mean, which team has the better kicker? Because Kansas City's on its third kicker. And then I was talking to Stefan Wisniewski yesterday in practice. You know, of course, Steph was the starter on the the Chiefs Super Bowl team that won. And and he he says, yeah, he says they might be on their fourth kicker coming up. Uh, And meanwhile, Carlson hasn't missed a kick in two years. So yeah. tie the game up and let, you know, let's you know, get the ball back, and this guy will win it for us. Don't I mean? Don't do stuff like it. Just they do stuff where I'm not sure why they do it. They're There's no common sense. It, you know, it's it's time, score, and number of possessions remaining. You've got to be able to have that combination in your mind as to how you make decisions. And because they're play callers and not head coaches, they don't know how to make the decisions. So they use a card. You're right. I, I don't. It's bizarre, but I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. It got me $145. So. Yeah, true. Um, got my check today. So. Perfect. Uh, yeah, well, it's all because of you guys. We, you know, as a team, we want $145. But until I get I my pickle, you get nothing. <laughs> <laughs> For Brewers. Brewers Outlet. Beautiful. <laughs> So, All right. Anyway, uh, uh, Mariners, by the way, just took the lead over the Astros 2-1, top of the fourth inning. So the Mariners are up 2-1 in the top of the fourth. You, sir, are my hero. Again, a reminder the Matt, it's a nine-inning game. We'll come back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Mm-hmm. When car repairs get difficult. Well, I, I just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. 
more than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory train techs take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections? Quick Lane, 630 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 630 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury. And Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the... Mm. Out of auto repair. All right, time to make picks with no money on the line here, just suggestions. <laughs> and no points either, but we got that going for you. So, yeah, King, six yep. and four, the big winner last week. Steve was five and five. I went four and six. That brings our totals to Steve and I deadlocked at a tie again, 38 and 28. King is catching up 32 and 34 as we head into this week's picks. Switching up, doing some NFL first. Getting it started with Green Bay off the loss in London last week. Now taking on the New York Jets. King, who you got? I got the Jets. I like the way they're playing. I watched them last week, and they're well coached. And I think Green Bay's got issues, big issues. He doesn't really have that big gun to throw to anymore. So I'll say it. I've said it once. I'll say it again. Green Bay is not that good. Jets. Jets. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Steve. Games at Lambeau. I'm going to go with Green Bay, even though I do agree with you guys. that uh, Let's give uh, credit where credit's due. I think the Wilson kids played really well for the Jets. I think the key key to the game, I think, is going to be Aaron Jones and not necessarily Rodgers. But I think at home, Green Bay will win. If the game were at the Meadowlands, I might pick the Jets, but I'll go Green Bay. Well, we go from the Jets to the New York football Giants as they come on off the win in London. Play host to Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. Steve. I'll go with the Giants. I, I just feel that the way Barkley is playing right now, he's starting to take over games in both the passing and the running game. I think uh, I'm going to go with them. Plus, Harbaugh will make a, some fourth down call someplace <laughs> that will backfire, and that ought to do it. I agree 100%. Barkley is starting to take over games. He is everything to that offense. But if the minute he gets hurt, the Giants season is going to go south. But their defense is also very much improved, like the front seven. I like the G-Men at home again, unfortunately. King. Yeah, I like the Giants. I mean, this guy's a good football coach. The only edge I give, and it's a huge edge, is the kicking for Baltimore. He's great. Yeah, he is really good, man. He does, uh, like Belichick said, he's 60 yards out, you know. You've got to, they don't have to go far after a kickoff for him to get. Although Graham Gano's got a leg, too. But you're right. I was still going to put my money on Justin Kicker anytime. But Gano's hit some big kicks. I pick these games because you can see a little changing of the guard here. You know, every year you automatically pick Green Bay. You automatically pick the Ravens. Well, it's not automatic anymore. These other teams are starting to get good. And 
you know it's 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 more fun now so that's that's how the that's how the league is supposed to work that you get a first place schedule you draft lower the other team drafts higher has a better schedule i mean that's how the league is supposed to work. That's why what the Packers, Patriots, and Steelers have done for 20 years has defied that. But now you're seeing it come to even for them, they're struggling with it. Well, speaking of those Patriots, they're in Cleveland this week. King, who you got? I'm taking New England, and I'm telling you Me the too. sleeper draft pick of this whole past draft is that guard that the Patriots took first round. That guy is good. So the Patriots are running at the garter tackle. I forgot which position he played, and I forgot his name. But he is good, and the Patriots can run the ball on anybody and control the clock and make their their young quarterbacks not have to win the game. So I got New England. I don't care who's that quarterback this week. New England wings big. I agree. And then well, – go ahead. Well, I'm, I'm, I didn't know. I thought it, since my name was on the show, I got the pick. Oh, I thought I thought you had said you like New England. Sorry, I didn't say a word. Oh, sorry, I thought you said I. When you said I agree, I thought you meant you're going New Cleveland. England. I'm sorry. <laughs> Your pick is. Say, I was going to say Zappy, a quarterback. You know who his top receiver was last year, right? No. Penn State's Mitchell Tinsley. Really? Wow. Yeah. Ah. Okay. God, do you guys follow the game at all? All right, uh, so Not really, no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm, kidding. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick New England. Yeah. All right, there we go. All right, now we've got the Kansas City Brett Veaches playing host to the Buffalo Bills once again. Steve, Buffalo. I also got the Bills in a very competitive game. I think Bills defensive line a great, makes, it, great, makes a big great difference. Game. Yeah. Great game, but I'm going to pick Buffalo. I feel like they're a little more fluid than Kansas City is right now. Yes, also agree. King, who you got? Yeah, I got Buffalo. I think they're just a more complete team. Kansas City's tough at home, but Kansas City was nowhere. If Kansas City does what they did with the Raiders in the first half, they will not win this game. So... And that was kind of scary. And they just, the Raiders did whatever they wanted. They scored every time they had the ball in the first half. So I got Buffalo. And then finally, Sunday night football. Battle for first place in the NFC East. Eagles, Dallas, King, who you got? I am taking Philadelphia because I think Parsons is hurt. The Parsons can win a football game for you at the linebacker position, but I'm just Philly is playing very complete football, and so is Dallas. This is going to be a tough game. I got Philly because it's in Philly. Steve, Cowboys in a route. I think they're going to blow them out. No, I'm just kidding. I'm picking Philadelphia. I'm like sitting there in shock. This guy hates Dallas, and he's been picking them all year. I'm picking Philadelphia to win. But to be honest with you, the Eagles' defense, they've given up more points in the last two games than Dallas has given up in three. If I'm you, I'm going to be a little wary of that moving forward. Just keep that in mind. And the Eagles have not cracked 30 points since the opener. All so true. who are you taking, Philly or Dallas? No, I took Philadelphia. Okay. All no, they're true. playing it all. Yeah, they're playing it all. Right. Uh, all true. 
I just think the Eagles are the more complete team, and I think it's going to come down to two things. Jalen, the battle of quarterback, and I have to make a play late. Give me Jalen Hurts all day over Cooper Rush, though he's playing well. And I also think the Eagles secondary is going to force mistakes from Cooper Rush, or they're going to make some sort of play on the ball to turn the game. That's my two you, keys, Eagles. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you one of the keys of the game is going to be, to me, how does Philadelphia's defense contain Pollard? Yes. I think he is the game-breaking running back in both the passing and running games that nobody talks about. Yeah, he does worry yep. me. Absolutely. But he doesn't block well. He doesn't no, that's protect why, the quarterback that, well. That's why, and that's been a that, problem. That they, that's, why, that's why they situational. He's yeah, a situation they, guy. They can't leave him out there every down because yeah. he cannot block at all. And oh, the no. The quarterback oh. gets killed. So. No, no, he's a matador. Yeah. So, but Zico is a great blocker on pass plays. So. Yep. All right, college football now. We got a big weekend, too, with this. First, we start off with Bama hosting Tennessee. It actually might be a game, Steve. It will be a game. It's going to be a really good game. Uh, Hooker's a better quarterback than a lot of people realize. And I'll tell you, Alabama went through a very physical game last week with Texas A&M. So I'm going to have some fun here. I'm going to take Tennessee. Ooh, all right. I like it. I like it. King. I got Tennessee. I I think they're going to win by two touchdowns. Wow. I love the quarterback. (sighs) I'm sticking with Bama. I guess I'm not going to be that bold as you guys, but I like the picks. I think it'll be a good game. Uh, just Bama just finds the way to win these games. and Yeah, they do. They, I, I, they're well coached. Until they lose it, I'm going to stick with them. I'm taking Bama. All right, next one. Big one in the Big 12. TCU hosting Oklahoma State. King. Oklahoma State. I got the Cowboys, too. These Cowboys I'm okay with. By, actually, I think I like my mobile scores in this game. Uh, Steve. TCU. Ooh. Coming in hot to start our college pitch. Really really like the quarterback. You know, Duggan's thrown 14 touchdowns. only been picked once. Good player, and they're playing at home. Yeah. All right. Steve's coming in hot. I like it. Next one. Big one at the Carrier Dome. Cuse and NC State. Steve. Big one at the Carrier. There's no such thing. I know. I felt weird saying it. It's no. It's uh, whatever. (laughs) Uh, I mean, come on. Um, I'll tell you right now, I like the running back for Syracuse a lot, Tucker. I'm going to go with them. I got NC State. I just think they're a better team. King? I got Syracuse. Yeah. We're going to see a lot of shifting this week, one way or the other, with the way this has been going, but I like it. Next one, another one in the SEC, Will Levis and the U.K. hosting Mississippi State. King? Mississippi State. Yeah, I, I got Mississippi State as well. Steve? Mississippi, Mississippi State's averaging almost 40 points a game. You know what Kentucky's averaging? 26. Yeah. I, That's a big I, I, think, I think Mississippi State wins. All right. Now in the Pac-12, we got number 20, Utah. The Utes hosting USC. Steve? Didn't like how Utah looked against UCLA last week. Uh, I think it's a close game because it's in Salt Lake, but I'm going to pick USC to win. King, a week ago I'd have picked a week ago I'd have picked Utah. 
Not now. Yeah, I got USC. That guy's a good football coach, man. <laughs> yeah, I I know Utah plays a lot. Has been playing a lot better at home, but I, I can't really trust to be there. So I'm gonna I'm gonna lean Trojans here in a close game. And then finally, for our picks portion, we'll get to Penn State in a sec, just for King and I. Uh, Minnesota at number 24, the Fighting Illini. King. I took Minnesota. Yeah, I like the Gophers. That that game worries me next week for Penn State. A little bit. Just a little bit. But, of course, we got Michigan first. I can't believe they're not ranked. Steve, who you got? Uh, it's all going to depend on the health of Ibrahim because you got two top running backs head-to-head here, Ibrahim and Brown. I think Illinois' defense wins it. Illinois wins it. All right, there you have it. Lock him in, but finally, Steve, quick final key for Michigan. Uh, got to get out of the gate each half. Michigan has scored in its opening drive five of six times this year. They've scored in the opening drive, second half, four of six. You get out of the gate, stop that. That means you play with the lead and they don't. Penn State's a better team. I think Sean Clifford is a bet, much better quarterback than J.J. McCarthy. This defense is going to force McCarthy into mistakes because he hasn't faced a defense like this. Nits get the win on the road. King. McCarthy cannot stretch the field, which falls into Penn State's hands. Um, my only concern with Penn State, and they've had two weeks to learn how to carry the football because you know Michigan's going to put a helmet on the ball every time. And I just hope they watch some of the pro guys, watch Chubb, watch Elliott. These guys got two arms wrapped around the ball every time. I know they're young, but I hope they they learn their lesson.